this it, priest? The Pope's new army? A few crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags? I know, Bill. You swore this was a battle between warriors, not a bunch of Miss Nancys. So warriors is what I brought. The O'Connell Guard! The Flogoglies! The Shark Tales! The Chichesters! The Forty Thieves! And my challenge! By the ancient laws of combat, we are met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all! Who holds sway over the five points? Us natives born rightwise to this fine land! Or the foreign hordes defiling it. Should I try to take you in? Another fool brought to the fold. finished recording episode 94 but we are back with 95 hey isn't that fucking weird um so uh, coming up on this week's show our first proper kind of well yeah our first regular show of the year we're gonna be taking in a little bit of taken free olivier megaton is back with liam neeson and forrest whitaker this time eating things um, and uh, so yeah, take it free. We'll also talk about some trailers. We'll do some one old, one new, and we'll start our Ian and Mark uh, drag Werner Herzog up a mountain marathon with Aguirre, Aguirre, yeah, Wrath of God. Um, at Ian Loring, at Dude Falls, at Dude the Monkey, Dude the Monkey at gmail dot com. Uh, Mark, anything else, or should we just crack on? Let's, let, let's crack into it. Um, about the only thing that's happened uh, in the interim since we uh, last saw recording um, is Mr. Turner didn't get nominated for some BAFTA. Um, yeah, and people went nuts. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit. It's, it, 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 it's almost like award ceremonies don't get things right sometimes. Yeah, I know. Who the fuck did it? But. The key thing that people should always remember about award ceremonies is they mean fuck off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, yeah, there's nothing really going on. No, really. not really. Not really. Let's, let's do this shit. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so, uh, trailers. Mark, start us off. Yeah, uh, not seen 
many, but I suppose the, the big one uh, that came out this week was the uh, first trailer for Ant-Man. Um, it's a bit of a strange kind of um, run up to this trailer. You know, we've troubled productions, we'll say, uh, people coming and going. Um, and now we have the, uh, you know, it's now in the hands of Peyton Reed, um, but we still have, I think, much the same cast. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that the trailer almost apologises for the fact that it's got an uninspiring sounding title. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it's a weird one, this is, isn't it? I mean, I, I thought the teaser was fine. You know, I mean, it, it, it's there's not much more to it other than fine, to be honest. You know, it, 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 I, yeah, I, I, it just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. It, it kind of feels like they were very close to kind of just pulling the plug on it. And but then they just decided, oh, let's just give it a go, and it kind of feels like it might be the first one that um, yeah. just kind of hits like a damp, damp squib, you know. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I I, 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 don't know. I mean, I, I thought, I thought it was okay, um, but no, no great shakes for sure. Yeah, there's, there's. there's... There's nothing there that has made me go, all right, yeah, no, I'll give it a go. All that I looked at and thought, I don't see why they thought this was a good idea at any point at all. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just seems like Marvel have made some very sensible and very clever and very business-like decisions, and not, not as such safe decisions, but... There's always you could see a thought process and you could see almost like a failsafe within there and you can go, do you know what? Yes, this this will I'm gonna feel where Ant Man it it just seems like oh you're stretching a little bit now. You're stretching how much you think you can get people to buy into stuff. Um, you know, it, it might turn out to be great and I hope it does turn out to be great, but it just seems like this could be the first one that it's a bit of a hard sell. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing is, it looks like it's going a bit more kiddie as well. I would say, um, yeah. which I think might be the right way to go uh, to go with this. To be honest, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just we'll see. Eh? Um, I, I'm not holding out much, much hope, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, the next trailer is uh, Run All Night, uh, which stars uh, Robocop and uh, Liam Neeson, um, which, being honest, uh, does look a little bit like you could have called it Takes totally. Four and people would have, you know, people wouldn't have noticed or gone, hang on a minute, didn't, wasn't his son a daughter in the other four, three films? Uh, quite easily, it, it looks incredibly taken. Yeah, I yeah, I I don't know, man. Just it, this looks so fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah, it really does. If you want to watch a movie that's all set on one night where people have to run around to stay away from people, watch Judgment Night. It was made in the early nineties. It stars Billy West of Dennis Leary. It's fucking great. Mm. Uh, and then the, the next one, uh, the only other watch trailer I've actually watched uh, this past kind of week, 
uh, is The Voices, the um, Ryan Reynolds um, film where he plays a, a serial killer who is being talked into it, it seems, by his cat, Mr. Whiskers, um, <laughs> and then being talked out of it by his dog. Um, it looks ridiculous. It looks... Um, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually quite looking forward to the voices. We'll see. Uh, have you seen the trailer? No, I haven't. Yeah, it it, it looks... The good thing is it looks exactly as dumb as it sounds, and I like that about it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I... It's... I don't know. It's a bit too odd a quirkier concept for me I, I I see myself getting riled by it quite easily uh, I, I like I like the idea that um, that D- Gemma Arsene plays uh, a severed head throughout the entire oh, God. I like that idea that that, that that sits quite well with me I'm, I'm very much looking forward to voices fair enough man good on you uh, anything anything else that you've seen that I might have missed that I might have seen? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so The Lazarus Effect, uh, latest Blumhouse film. Um, good cast, Mark Duplass, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde, that Donald Glover guy, um, and I don't know, it looks pretty uninspired, frankly, but um, we'll see. Um, Chappie? Yeah, I watched that. The more I watch about it, the less I want to watch the film. I don't know, I quite like this trailer. I mean, it kind of just looks like Robocop, but um, I will watch it. Um, I Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to uh, Chappie. Um, I, I don't know, it kind of looks like it might be a bit, like, is it family-friendly, is it not family-friendly? And I, I kind of wonder about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, I'm not expecting amazing things, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, I mean, Elysium was disappointing, so I'm, I'm not holding out a great amount of hope, but I'm looking forward to seeing Hugh Jackman as a bad guy, for sure. That's yeah, about all yeah, I've got to say again. Nice, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that could be quite interesting. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, that's, uh, that's, that was all I watched. Cool. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm steering the ship, aren't I? Sorry. Um, this, this bloody doing two shows thing is kind of messing with my head. Um, all right, so that was trailers, and we will uh, have a clip from Taken Free, and when we get back, we'll get into it. Hey. Manny. Good to see you. Me too. Kim's doing okay? Yeah, seems like the usual, Kim. Lenny! Lenny? Sir, back away now! I didn't do this. Put your hands up! Now! Wanted for murder. Suspect's name, Brian Mills. 21, he joins the army. At 23, he joins the special forces. He's a trained sniper. An explosives expert. No service record, no discharge record, nothing. This guy right here, he knows how to disappear. Listen carefully, Kim. Something terrible's happened to your mom. Dad, what's going on? Don't trust anyone. Fall down your hands. There are things I've done in my life, and I was always ready to face the consequences, to protect my family. 
what do you know? What I know is soon everyone you love will be dead. What's your first priority here, Inspector? My job is to bring you in. My first priority is to protect the only one I have left. What are you going to do? I'm going to finish this. If you go down this road, the LAPD, the FBI, the CIA, they're all going to come for you. They'll find you, and they'll stop you. Good luck. Okay, so Taken Free is directed by Olivier Megaton and stars Liam Neeson, Forrest Whitaker, Famke Janssen, Dougray Scott, um, and others. Oh, and Maggie Grace is in it as well, yeah. Um, Taken Free. Um, do you know what? Liam, uh, Liam Neeson gets into trouble in this one. Um, it, nobody's taken, at least at the start. Um, does anyone get taken? No, I suppose nobody really gets taken in this one. But um, he's framed for his ex-wife's murder and goes on the run. Forrest Whitaker plays the detective assigned to the case and he solves crimes by eating bagels. Um, taken free, Mark. Did you rewatch Taken? Either the Taken movie? No, because I kind of realised life is too short. I like the first two Takens, but I did think I don't need to watch them. Yeah, I I rewatched uh, Taken Two because I went to see this uh, with uh, Becky, and she hadn't seen Taken Two, so I said, "Well, I, well, I'll, I'll happily rewatch it with you." Um, and I, I must admit, um, I, I didn't dislike Taken Two as much uh, on the the second viewing. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, it's not a, a good film, but it, it it's not without its charms, I'll say, uh, for it. Um, Taken 3, the, 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 the strange thing that stood out for me straight away about Taken 3 is this is the final film, apparently, uh, in the trilogy. Yeah. Yet it actually has no relation to the other two Fairly, movies, yeah. other it's than true. the fact that it's the same characters. They aren't the same um, bad guys. Um it's just um, it, it, they've kind of almost kind of linked it in. Um, now, Becky described Taken Two um, as like a uh, a big dumb golden Labrador of a movie, um, where it, it just it's just dumb and it's fun and that you know it, it's just so happy to be dumb and fun. Whereas Taken Three isn't that. It, it's almost like it, it, it's trying to be serious at points or be more serious than it needs to be. But it's fucking stupid and contains some of the dumbest lines in film. For instance, for instance, um, the line, he could lose a tail if it was attached to a dog. Mm-hmm. What? That doesn't even make sense because you could quite easily lose the tail if it's attached to the dog because you could lose the dog, right? There are millions of posters put up across countries, across the world with pictures of lost dogs. I don't think any of these people are stood there going, well, I've still got the fucking tail, but the dog's gone. It's a stupid, (laughs) stupid line. There's also, I'm going to get it out of the way now, right? There is a bit that actually had me and Becky 
like, giggling with laughter. Like, to the point of, you know, where you can't stop laughing. There is a bit, and we remember, guys, we're all spoilers all of the time, where Liam Neeson is on the run, and he ends up, through a series of events, ends up talking to his daughter in a bathroom stall in the college she's at, right? And she chooses this moment just completely out of context where she meets him and hugs him and it's like, oh my god, you know, all these things are terribly happening. I'm pregnant, by the way. Yeah. It's like, there's a... Didn't need to say that then, did you? And he goes, oh, are you? Well, my blood sugar's really low because I haven't eaten in two days. Yeah, that scene is bizarre. Yeah. what? What? You had all these chances, right, to do all of these things, and at no point in all of your training did you go, well, I better have have a sandwich. And it's like he eats one bit of chocolate and goes, well, I'm fine now. That is the level of dumbness of taking... There's also the fact that that scene is started by the fact that there's the most convoluted way of ever getting his daughter (laughs) to meet him. I mean, it is exceptionally weird um yeah what is it okay so the, earlier on in the film it's mentioned that his daughter will only pick out drinks from the like fridges in stores like the fifth one from the back so it's not yeah. too cold but it's not too warm so and she's predictable she gets the same peach yogurt drink every day so yep. Liam Neeson has put something in that drink and there is a note on the drink saying, drink me now. She drinks it, leaves the store, feels nauseous, then goes to the toilet and Liam Neeson knows she's going to feel nauseous. She's going to go to this toilet and she's going to go to this toilet cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It. But then again, this is a movie that at one point I had to turn out Becky and go what did I just say and she went she said it's that I was like thought so that doesn't make sense and it's a key moment where she texts him to say um, there was a text sent the night mum died from your phone saying to meet her at the Rancho Relaxo and it's like well hang on a minute it wasn't it was sent the night before and the mum died in the morning it's, it, it is so stupid that it actually gets m- so much of itself wrong. It Oh, it is... It's an incredibly dumb movie. And it's taken three. I was expecting a dumb movie. I don't even get started on Forrest Whitaker, who's perfectly fine in it, but all he does is not be in places, say he's going to go yeah. to places, and... Um, and he's got two totems. One is the um, the elastic band, and the other one is a, a a chess piece, a knight. And neither things are explained. It is literally like they went, right, we'll make Taken 3, and started making it, and went, what are we going to do? And they went, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he literally um, spends most of the film driving around and then getting calls and then yeah. saying, I'll be right there. The, the, the principal villains in this movie, and I know we, we seem to be scattering around it, and I apologise because this is my fault. We, we'll get into a more, a more structured debate about it in a no, second. There's no point getting Neeson. into a more structured debate about Taken 3. Thank you. Right. You have two villains in this movie. One, generic cartoon Eastern Europeans, who, who all they do is just shoot in lines yeah. at 
things. Not even at people, at walls, right? And then you have Dougary Scott's character, right? Dougary Scott's character has been in two of the movies and around all three of the movies, right? Now, if we're to believe within this world, he's also been married to Liam Neeson's, um, Brian Mills' ex-wife for a number of years, has been a stepfather to Kim for a number of years, and the first movie, and even the second movie to an extent, has been a good stepfather to her, mm. right? All of a sudden, he's an international arms dealer yeah. that mixes with terrorists, and at no point, this man who back-checks everybody has, has done a background check on him and worked out that he's not quite who he says he is. I'm sorry, calling mega, mega massive. And he has, I mean, he has also changed shape because he was previously Xander Berkeley. Yeah, he was actually, wasn't he? Yeah. So he's completely changed. What is it? And also, within all of this, Maggie Grace is an incredible. For start off, Bamke Janssen, right, is just dull in this movie. And she's going to. She, essentially, Bamke Janssen is trying to have an affair with her ex husband. Right? And at that point, she's not really said to her ex-husband, to Brian, you know, it's all being, you know, we don't get on anymore, we're trying to patch things up, but, you know, the only thing that's stopping me from being able to patch things up is you. Right? So, it's not he's a bastard or anything like that, or he doesn't care. It's just they've grown apart. That's all she knows, but she is desperately trying to fuck Liam Neeson again. Yeah. Right? Maggie Grace, you know, at one point chews out um, Dougary Scott about, you know, about what he's done. But at that point, all he's, he seemingly has done nothing. Yet she still gets in the car that he probably paid for, living in the amazing house that he's paid for, uh, and goes to the school that, well, he's probably paying Mm -hmm. for. This is just a dull, bored, pampered housewife is trying to fuck the guy that she did actually love and a petulant child spoiled brat essentially who just does whatever the fuck she wants because either daddy number two will pay his way out of it or daddy number one will kill his way out Mm -hmm. that's it Taken 3 is just not very good is it no I mean that's the thing I mean like we were both okay with Taken 2 you know and it yeah. just this this one it, it I, I I don't know I mean it's nonsensical I mean what also makes it worse is that the twelve aification of it is the oh. most is the most heinous example of twelve aification I've yet seen. You mean the fact that Lenore's throat yeah. is slashed yet there's no wound and there is a slight little trickle of blood, uh, dried blood down one side. I had no idea how she died until they said her throat was slit and then I was thinking (laughs) no it wasn't. No it wasn't because, and then they show it and it it, it is on on the cadaver, it is there you can see it, but that looks like a wound that has healed over a number of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's and then there's a bit where he pushes a gun into somebody into a bullet wound. Yet there's no blood around that. Yeah, bullet. I mean there, there, there's that. I mean you can't tell how how half the people in this film are actually killed. Um, there's also the weirdest 
um, cover-up of an F-bomb I, I think I've ever seen, where literally the guy says cluster, doesn't go fur, and then he just starts saying the next line. It's mental. And the thing is, I mean, the action already feels quite choppy, but yeah. literally you cannot tell what's going on. It's it, The cutting is Michael Bay levels. I, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's excruciating the cutting yeah there, there is some there is a um, a, a, a car chase scene about kind of about just over halfway through the movie um, that goes on for far 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 uh-huh. too long and it's just really really boring and even bad car chase scenes shouldn't be boring yeah. But it, it's just... And it's almost like you're going, didn't we see this earlier in the mm-hmm. movie? Yeah. It, it's just not pretty good. And, and also, I, I accept the fact that um, they had to stick with the same cast, but they could have set this movie ten years down the line, and they haven't. They've set it... It's set a couple of years after. Now, so we're led to believe that Maggie Grace in the first movie was 1617. <laughs> in the second movie, it was 1819. And so by... This the this, the old film's timeline is around about what twenty one twenty two maybe, right? She she looks like she's in her mid thirties. Yeah, she really yeah, does totally. look like she's in her mid thirties. So why not just set it ten years down the line? There's no linking why it has to be a couple of years later. They could have set it ten years down the line, and it has still all made sense. Yeah. It, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... And also, she's a fucking terrible... Yeah, actress. I'm glad she doesn't get a lot to do here. I mean, in, in, in part two, she got the amazing scene where he's trying to find her, so he um, gets her to chuck grenades about. Oh, she, yeah, she basically chucks them straight up in the air, yet they go 40 or 50 feet away from Yeah, um, which it... Also, Oliver Megaton is a terrible director. Yes. Uh, what, what else? He did the second one. There was something else before these movies that was equally as shit. What was it? Uh, Hitman. No, he didn't do Hitman. Yeah, Hitman. He did Hitman. Uh, no, he didn't. Did he not do Hitman? Oh, no, he was second unit on Hitman. He did, oh, Columbiana. That was it. That was shit yeah. as well. Um, no, he did, yeah. Transporter 3, Columbiana, Taken 2, Taken 3. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's bollocks. I mean, it, I mean, Liam Neeson doesn't look like he gives a shit at all. I mean, it is it is kind of funny in in a really brutal way. Yeah, it's it's, it's not to the level of so bad it's good. Um, but there was there was bits in it where I, where I was going, do you know what? I'm not disliking this. It, it, it's too it's too dumb to outwardly just dislike it's just not very good i mean he crashes a porsche into a plane and then the porsche is fine but the plane's crippled the first half of the film i thought had a couple of um so bad it's good moments um yeah the porsche into the plane moment is amazing yeah it is because he the, the, the porsche looks fine it lo- just looks he could it, it literally he could buff that out uh, and he crashed it into a plane. Mm. It, it is, yeah. It, when it finished, it finished. I thought that was terrible. 
But do you know what? If they made it taken far, I'd probably still yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they probably will. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I'd be going to see it in the cinema. I think I'm, I think, no, I, 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 I think I'm done with watching Taken in the cinema. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, as well, it is the most shoddily put together and easily unravelable frame job ever. The fact that Forrest Whitaker, within seconds, kind of of being at that job, goes, "Yeah, he's been framed." Mm. Why these bagels are warm? So he, 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 so he either he's either killed his wife, then got out and got bagels, and then come back, and we found him. Or he's gone out, got bagels, come back, and then killed. Nah. I don't well, there's the incredible bit at the um, where like he he says, "Oh, I knew all along. Oh, how's that?" Well, I just thought to myself, "What kind of a man goes out to get warm bagels and then comes home and commits murder?" Which is one yeah. of the great lines of our time, I think. It is. It, it, it's yeah. Um, there's 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 so much, and it's like, oh, hang on a minute. He, yes, yes. He was innocent of killing his wife. He didn't kill his wife. But they, he did murder an awful lot of people and cause an awful lot of public damage in proving that. But he literally just walks out of the office. Now, I'm guessing there's more to that, and that can be explained by there's more to that. But that can, that can easily be explained by one of the guys that's under Forrest Whitaker's um, control goes says to him what we're just going to let him yeah. go you know all this shit he's done and he goes it, he's out he's protected it's out of my yeah. hands that that although stupid that can make sense in this world don't even bother just walks out <laughs> again again for the third time so in the first the second one he destroys it he almost destroys an embassy fine just that Sam guy makes a phone call, everything. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, how... I want to know, is Sam alive? I think he is, and he'll be... And hopefully oh, he'll they be said he's call. still breathing or something, though, didn't they? So... They, they, they do say, oh, he's still breathing, yeah. he's alive. So, you know, he, yeah. he can be back for some reason. I mean, the thing is, I mean, it did $40 million in its opening three days in the US. I think it did pretty well over here as well. So, mm. we're going to get another one. Yeah, we will do. I know, that, I know that they're saying that that's it and that's the end of it, but... They've left it open for a third, which is one of the great moments of it. Where you know, the one a good scene is him where he's about to shoot Dougary Scott, and Maggie Grace says, you know, essentially it's the no, don't. And he's like, you know, I know you'll be out in a few years, and I will hunt you down, and I will find you, and you, you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, do you know what? I watched that fucking movie. That is what these movies have done to me. You've just put me through nearly two hours of utter shite, but then you've set up a fourth, and I've gone. Oh, I'm not. I'm at least at the cinema. I just. I mean, maybe if they but get. You know you're watching. Yeah, no, yeah, probably. I mean, if they get if they yeah. get rid of of Megaton, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, I I don't know. I think my, I I might. You know, I, I like I like I kind of like the character. character you know. Yeah, that's it. I like the character. Although, can I please say to the Taken 4 people, right? If you're going to have a foot chase, right, you can't have somebody who looks like they'd run the 100 metres in a week in a foot chase. Liam Neeson is a lot of things. He's become a great, fun action hero, but he can't Mm -hmm. run. 
he can't. He looks like the most lumbering and laboured runner in humanity. True. Yeah, um, it's definitely. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Oh dearie me, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, um, yeah, that, I mean, god, god, definitely shit. By by far the worst. And uh, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's just not very mm. good. Yeah. There you go. That's uh, that's taken free. Um, we're gonna um, have a break. Um, actually, we 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 are gonna have a break for probably a few days. Um, but we'll yes. uh, we'll do some promos, and when we get back to it, we'll do some one on one. Yeah. In a world without adventures and VHS, the book <laughs> comes a world with adventures and VHS, the book. Every journey begins in the mind. We're in trouble, Gary. This is highly illegal. In 2013, Noel Miller embarked on a series of VHS adventures that shook the world of podcasting to its very core. He's the kid everyone used to pick up. Now, through the power of the written word, he's back and ready to take those adventures to a whole new level. Described by its overzealous publisher as high fidelity for the video rental generation. And described by Mondo Movie Podcast Dan Audie as bringing the half-forgotten days of 80s video rental stores vividly back to life. It's moving, it's working, it's doing itself, it's working by itself. Adventures on VHS is an immersive trip through a long-forgotten era through some of the films that defined it. An experience too terrifying for words. Available to buy now from AdventuresOnVHS.com with a whole host of fabulous full-color editions showcasing the glorious cover art of the VHS era. The story of one man's disturbing romance with an obsolete format and the weird and wonderful films that shaped his love of movies. And if this person is listening to my voice, I urge him in the name of law and order to desist from this one-man crusade. Adventures of VHS, the book. Buy it today. I'm going to kiss you. Your very life may just depend on it. Okay, uh, we are back. It's a few days later. Um, not much. Not much has happened in no. the intervening few days. No, nothing. nothing, nothing. Um, no, um, I'm Ian Boring, and uh, <laughs> this is Dude and a Monkey. Um, Oh, I burst out laughing when I read that. Literally I, burst out laughing. It shows how often we check our iTunes reviews, doesn't it? That was September yeah. last year. But um, <laughs> thanks for the review, Guy. Um, nice one. Um, anyway. You literally yeah. haven't arrived in the podcasting world and see you've had a one-star review that says you're was, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair, fair enough. The one thing I try, try not to be is boring. So I don't know whether I'm just, like, really failing really badly, but... What, whatever. I, I, I really want to know what episode that guy listened yeah, to. So but, um, I, I, I want to know what episode he thinks that I was more interesting than you, because that's just not a thing. Oh, oh come on now. But um, <laughs> no, that, I don't know. Maybe laugh. But anyway, it did, um, yeah, it is. Good. Yes, so good. <laughs> one star review. I love that. I'm, yeah, more, I'm uh, more proud of the one star review than I am any of our five star reviews. 
Um, well, I'm not, but anyway. Uh, so uh, we're back, and uh, we're going to do some one old, one new. And uh, Mark, do you want to start us off with uh, whichever one you want? Yeah, I'll I'll start off um, with uh, my one new. Um, it's a film that um, it's a remake actually uh, of a. Um, 1974 film, uh, I think, uh, that starred uh, James Kahn, and it's um, Rupert Wyatt's The Gambler. I uh, was looking forward to this because um, I actually quite like Mark Wahlberg um, as, a, as, a, as an actor. He's He seems to flick quite well from doing um, stuff that would be considered more serious, where he'll crop up and have sort of small roles in things like Scorsese films and uh, Todd Haynes films and things like that. And then, you know, he's the guy who revived the Transformers franchise. Um, I mean, it, it's still shit, but he revived it for some reason, despite the fact that the previous ones all made a shit ton of money. But anyway, uh, so I, I kind of, I can get on board with Mark Wahlberg. Um, and Rupert Wyatt, I really like The Escapist, and um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was, was pretty great. And this looked like they were taking, essentially, a 70s, look um but setting it in a modern time where you've got Matt Wahlberg who plays this literary professor from um at, at what is obviously quite a well off family um his father Matt Wahlberg literary professor just yes. confirmed yep. okay um uh, he, he comes from a very well off family where his uh father is no longer around um and his mother he has quite a, a strong relationship with his mother, um, but also as well, he happens to be a um, compulsive gambler as well, um, and ends up owing a lot of money. Um, uh, and then the story kind of gets a little bit confused, and what we have is a, a, a semi-naked John Goodman for a lot of it, to be honest. Which 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 half? Uh, top half. Um, Damn. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, guy's got big again. Uh, could you that. could you imagine if John Goodman played a film where his bottom half is just naked the entire film, and it's just his massive sweaty <laughs> ball bag just sitting there steaming? I, 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 will, I will guarantee you, it'll be the first time John Goodman would have seen his penis in a long time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, oh, so he'd probably go. And let's oh, no, let's be honest. We we I'm gonna guess we both adore John Goodman. He's a fucking unbelievably underrated actor. Uh, I think. Oh, John know. Goodman's the shit, man. Yeah. I mean, like Christ, he was so good in Inside Lewin Davis as well as if I hadn't creamed over that film enough yeah, lately. He was brilliant in that. And I mean, he's been brilliant for you know nigh on thirty odd years now. Um, I can say I still don't think John Goodman ever gets the credit he deserves, and. You know, yeah, he's never gonna sell a movie on its own, but you know, he crops up and he's just brilliant in so many things, and he's very good uh, in in the gambler. Essentially, he plays um, a very up class loan shark uh, in it, and you've also got um, Michael K. Williams playing another loan shark, uh, and you've got Alvin Ng uh, playing another loan shark. Uh, the 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 thing about the gambler is. It, I was hoping for like that kind of 70s bouncy and you know a, a bit kind of round as he but it, the way it kind of falls down a little bit at disappoints is nowadays if you're going to have a, a gambling film um, you've got to make sure that your gambling scenes are either as good as or better than the um, poker scenes in Casino Royale or mm. the um, 
any of the gambling scenes in, in Rounders. They're kind of like the current sort of benchmarks for, for this type of film. Uh, and the issue with it is, is the gambler, it, it isn't. I'm not going to go into massive spoilery because it, it's, a, it's a film that is, you know, that's not been out long. So I know people are going to see it. It's not going to be a massive spoilery. But the problem is, it, the gambling seems to be, it, he just walks up to a table and plays, um, plays 21 and just keeps sort of just doubling his bet up. And then he, and then he loses. And then he walks off. There's no tension built up, and right. and he's he his character is a bit of a broken down dickhead, and he's there in these literary doing like his um, lectures as a professor of literature, talking about Shakespeare and basically telling everybody uh, who, who's at the lecture that none of them are good writers and none of them will ever be good writers and there's only one person there who will ever be a good writer because it's all about talent and he goes off it and, this, and it tries to get really kind of intellectual and you're watching it going right, now I'm aware that the guy who wrote this is probably smarter than me so why can't you realise that this is quite dumb, <laughs> to be honest? Mm. Uh, Mark mm. Wahlberg's actually quite good at it, and he, he, he delivers it with a, a lot of gusto, and it, it, it's definitely not Mark Wahlberg trying to do math in his head like in The Happening. It, it, it seems to actually work, and you could buy him as this broken-down literary professor. It, it kind of works. But it, the gambler just it drags a lot, and then it gets to the bits where it should start to pick up, and then you start to go, oh, oh, is that it now? Oh, I got, I got built up for this. And the only kind of bits where it's really good are the bits where either he's talking to his mother, who's played by Jessica Lang, or he's talking to, to John Goodman. Uh, and then, this doesn't give away a bit, but there's, a, there's an end bit where Mark Wahlberg starts running, right? And he just starts yeah. running. And you know that theory that if you say a word over and over again it eventually after about a minute it stops having any meaning at all sure. it just becomes yeah, annoying yeah. Mark Wahlberg at the end of this movie makes running have no meaning anymore he's running <laughs> for that long and I was watching going I, I don't even know what running is anymore it, he's been running. Is, it, it, is, it, is it like Tom Cruise at the end of Mission Impossible 3 more than that considerably it starts fucking hell really literally more it's forest gump levels of running oh wow it starts running really fast not jogging like really fast and it's dark and it's clearly about sort of two three in the morning and then he stops running and it's lights and it's clearly like the early hours of the morning so he's running for a considerable amount of time but he's like fucking really really running and you, I was watching thinking, I'm willing to bet that Mark Wahlberg actually ran for that amount of time to make it mm. seem real. And I'm willing to bet Mark Wahlberg could actually do that. And I know I had a go uh, earlier in the episode, or a few days ago, for um, Liam Neeson running like a fridge. But Mark Wahlberg does, like, <laughs> does look like he can run, but he just looks, he, he essentially makes running not a thing anymore. Sure. Uh, Interesting. It, it's. <laughs> It's one that I'd like to hear what other people think. I, I'm not going to say it, it's not a strong recommend, but it's not a stay away either. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm intrigued. I mean, I'm in, I'm fucking intrigued. Um, I, it just it, it feels like one of those like mid-budget studio films that people say aren't ever made anymore. Um, 
like trying to recreate that 70s thing but it, it just sounds like it just doesn't quite hit the target it, it doesn't it, it might be one of the, I mean, don't, there are some great bits in it uh, and Warburg's like very good but it just it, it disappointed me a little bit based on the, the cast and the director yeah, that's a shame yeah but it, it's one that I'll, I'd definitely be willing to give another go in like six months time to kind of just see if it was something to do with the mood I was in when I watched it or anything like that or if bits make more sense on a second viewing fair enough no cool uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still like I'm, I'm planning I am planning on watching it it's just um, it's not very high up the queue at this moment in time yeah cool what have been your one old or one new then buddy Okay, so I'll do my one old first, and um, Tim Burton's Batman, uh, which I hadn't seen in ages. Yeah. Um, like, I did not remember a lot of it, to be honest. That's how long it's been. Um, you know, I, I, there are various bits I do remember, mo- mostly involving prints. Um, <laughs> you know, um, the uh, them in uh, Trash in the Museum yeah. uh, with the Ghetto Blaster is pretty amazing. Um but yeah, I. The thing is, I, I, I'm quite, I'm quite taken with um, with Burton's Batman. I like it, and the, the the thing that I most like is something that's kind of only gained in appreciation over the years. And I, I mentioned this on Twitter as well. But you know, they they kill off the Joker, and he fucking stays dead. They kill him off in the one film, and that's it for the Joker, and. It's just an iconic villain like that, you know, it, it, these days, I just, you know, I mean, like, he's kind of like, what's what's the equivalent level these days? Like, maybe Loki? I would who, say he's above that. Yeah, it, well, may, maybe. But, I mean, like, in terms of, like, fan reaction, like, Loki, people fucking come over Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the cries for a Loki movie are, yeah. are, are insane. But, you know, and they, they, they look like they're doing the ballsy thing by killing him off halfway through 4-2, but then by the end, which I, I'm still convinced the end was a reshoot, and they basically were going to kill off Loki and decided against it. Yeah, you know, it, it's revealed. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, he's he's there all along. You know, he was there all along, basically. It's, you know, it, that, that kind of bollocks, kind of like people don't stay dead kind of thing. I mean, I, I wrote a piece for Verite what, like, probably about a year ago now where I was talking about with the Marvel films how there's barely ever any surprise. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, and I mean, like, the, the surprise of the films are smaller things like the reveal of Ben Kingsley and Iron Man three, or, you know, even like the Jackson Pollock joke in guardians of the galaxy, the little individual moments, but the overarching stories, there's just no surprise to them anymore. Whereas you look at Batman now, and to be honest, it, it, it is, re- it is fucking refreshing. And, you know, the, the ending is quite creepy as well. It's, um, you know, it, it's kind of like the, 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 pan, um, uh, the zoom down well it's not a zoom it's more like a like a dolly shot going into the joker's face and you hear the laughing and then um commissioner gordon um takes out the kind of chattering teeth out of his coat pocket it's it is actually quite a creepy sequence uh, because you kind of half expect him especially these days you half expect him to just get back up again you know and, yeah, and, or, or the camera and move away move back and him and be gone yeah yeah that kind of bollocks yeah. you know um so yeah, but I mean, along with that as well, I mean, Michael Keaton is great. Um, I love how he's off 
you know, he's he's a bit weird. Christian Bale like plays up the Playboy kind of thing as his Bruce Wayne persona. Wayne persona. Here, he like Michael Keaton doesn't really. It, it's um, it, it, he's quite quiet. He's quite reserved. He's and like I say, he's a bit off center. And I, I you know, I, I think that's what Tim Burton saw in Michael Keaton for actually bringing him into Batman. You know, it was more for Bruce Wayne than it was Batman. But he's he's yeah. he's perfectly he's perfectly decent as Batman as well. There's not an awful lot of Batman, frankly. I mean, I think my, by my memory, and I'm going to rewatch it soon, but I think there's less in Batman Returns. Um, that film, I think Batman doesn't even show up for like the first half an hour. Um, or maybe like one shot in the first half an hour or something like that. Um, Bottom me. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's Burton through, through, through. I mean, the Danny Elfman uh, music is, is iconic. Um, but it, it, it's got a, a fair bit of what look like comic book images as well. The, the end image of him standing up with the, uh, the bat signal and the kind of triumphant theme is, is awesome. Um, Kim Basinger is fine. I mean, she's got some good, odd chemistry with Keaton. Um, and that, there's not an awful lot more to her, but I suppose that's okay-ish. And uh, Jack Nicholson, I mean, is um, great. I mean, it, it, it just there are entire scenes that feel like him just going off on one and Burton just kind of letting him. Um, and I, I, I think that's probably quite rare. I'd imagine Burton's probably got quite tight control usually. Um, I think well, here, I mean, the thing is, Burton essentially got managed to get Batman greenlit based off the success of um, Beetlejuice and the fact that Jack Nicholson said he'd be in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Christ, Nicholson earned a shitload of money out of it, and he's first build, and yeah, I mean, I suppose that 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 kind of that kind of makes sense, really. I forgot Jack Palance was in it. Um, yeah. He's not in it long, but um, I did forget he was in it, and it's so weird. I, like Donna was in the room when I was watching this bit, but I said to her, Jack Nicholson. He's uh, um, uh, his mistress, kind of. Uh, well, uh, his boss's missus, who he's having an affair with, walks in, and I said, "Jack Nicholson is playing the younger guy who is fucking his boss's daughter." And uh, uh, Don just looked took one look at him. He was just like, "He's never looked young." It's weird. It's weird watching Jack Nicholson, especially how he looks in Batman, being the younger like more virile guy mm. uh, it's it's odd but i mean it's it's kind of force of personality alone really which is what you get with nicholson yeah, with Jack, yeah. Uh, yeah you know so uh but yeah batman um I, I i just had a really good time with it it's it's very odd um it seems to hate the residents of gotham uh which i which i quite enjoy and um I don't know. It, it, like the idea, the, the idea of Smilex being put into random cosmetic products and beauty and supermarket products, and Joker won't say which ones they're in, so no one can wear any makeup. You know, it's such a weird idea, um, but I, I, I love it. It's 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 great. I mean, it's like a scene with newsreaders where they got no makeup on, and it's uh, I don't know. It, it's just it's something you don't don't see now. You know, it's it, it, a very odd idea. But, um, yeah, Batman, it's... Um, I know Burton's not to everybody's taste, but, um, yeah, I, I I had a really good time with this. And I, I, I remember really liking Batman Returns as well, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, I, um, I'm much more of a fan of, of Returns than I am of, of Batman. I, I, with Batman, I remember having a good time with it um, when I was younger, and then when I re-watched it... I think it, even, <coughs> it might have even been last year. I, it, it, I kind of... 
was a bit like, oh, this was a little bit more hawky than I remember. Uh, it so, is, but I, I, it, it kind of it feels quite Burton-y yeah. in that, I would say. Yeah. I think, I, I think the Burtonisms are, are what kind of got to me uh, this time. I'm not his biggest fan, to be honest. Oh, fair enough. Cool. Okay, so um, let's move on then. And uh, what's your one-old, bud? Uh, my one-old, I'm going to do something I don't normally do, and I'm going to talk about one of those films where it, it, people have spoken a lot about this film over the years. Uh, so I'm not going to go too much into the story, but I... Um, Rewatch Goodfellas, a uh, film that I watch probably once every couple of years yeah. and have done for about the past, well, yeah, probably, probably about the past 15, 20 years. Um, and it always, it, it's a funny one, Goodfellas, because it's kind of like one of those things, like um, almost like the Beatles in a way that. For my lifetime, anyway, the Goodfellas has always been around. It's always been a film that has been considered great from the moment it arrived to to now. It is considered to just be, oh, it's Goodfellas, it's brilliant, and it's almost like taken for granted that Goodfellas is a brilliant film. Mm. So it's one of those that where when you actually watch it, you go, ah, oh, it's Goodfellas. And you start watching, it, you go, holy fuck, it really is a fucking great film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it's one of those things where you feel ridiculous saying Goodfellas is a great film but it, it, you kind of want to stop people and go no you have to actually appreciate I feel like say it to people now and say oh, Goodfellas is a great film why? I'm not asking them why why do you think it's a good film I'm asking no one you to tell me why you think it's a good film because it might be why, a different reason to why I think it's a good film anything like that because there's so much going on it is just this achingly cool movie and also as well uh, having watched um, what's it um, so recently uh, as well Wolf of Wall Street and everybody has basically said on oh, the Wolf of Wall Street it's just Goodfellas but the slightly different um, story they're not they're really really quite far apart actually they have the same director so they have the same stylings at different points but in terms of story they're actually quite different um in that but it's just you look at really otter and he's he's never ever been been better um and i, I actually quite like like real Liotta when he's doing um comedy i think he's quite a good comedic actor uh but also we said you know and when we spoke about the place beyond the pines uh, was it Place by the Pines? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He plays, what is yeah, he's, he's, like, yeah, he's, he's the plays. one who is like trying to get Bradley Cooper to yeah. do some bad shit. Yeah, and in that we said, you know, this idea that you know that really is just really good <laughs> at that intimidating, just being there kind of nature. Um, and he's just incredibly charismatic in this. And then you've got. Uh, Joe Pesci just being, you know, that Joe Pesci thing that he's now kind of seen famous for. But it's, it, there's this subtle to his roles, and then you've got De Niro just kind of pinning everything together. Um, and like, I'm not on him too much bikes, it, fuck, it, it's Goodfellas. But I've not watched that much uh, old stuff, and it was one where I just thought it, it's one of those. It's a strange film that, I, that although everybody says, oh yeah, it, it, it's Goodfellas, it's a five out of five film. I think, in a way, because it's always been considered good and because it's universally considered to be great, I think it almost gets forgotten about when you're talking about truly fucking great films. Yeah, I mean, to be 
I kind of forget about it when I'm thinking about Scorsese. It's, yeah, um, it, it, it's almost become kind of it's so good that like you say you can forget about it. Mm-hmm. No, I'd go with that. I um, I don't know when I think of Scorsese, my mind immediately turns to Taxi Driver. Yeah, that is the first, and then to be honest, it turns to the King of Comedy after that. So yeah, I, I um, usually go yeah. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, um, King of Comedy, and then it runs through, and then I'll, I'll hit Goodfellas. But whenever I watch Goodfellas, I get about halfway through it and think. This is this is properly, and it is quite a, a you know. There's a lot of sort of Scorsese, isn't there? But it's not a. There's some kind of there's some great kind of like quirks within it. Like there's there's subtle bits where the screen fills with red, or there's great little throwaway moments of comedy in it, and it's it's quite a anarchic film. Oh God, yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's um. I don't know, I mean, it's kind of all over the place, but it's got, it, it, I mean, it's got energy to uh, to boot, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely it is. Yeah, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful film. So go on then, hit nice us one. with your uh, one new. Uh, yeah, so my one new is um, what I hope is the end to a franchise that started off so very well. Wreck 4 Apocalypse. Ah. Um, yeah, so um, Wreck 1 and 2 found footage fucking terrifying like mm. properly properly scary films um wreck free um abandons the found footage goes for comedy zombie laughs and gore wreck four brings back the seriousness to an extent um basically story is it kind of more follows from wreck two than wreck three um starts off with um uh, a, 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 a rescue team finding Angela, who, spoiler alert for the end of Rec 2, uh, at the end of Rec 2 had a parasite enter her and she had be- essentially become um, a, a kind of a... It, 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 it is kind of like a, a demon uh, transmitted as a virus yeah. or something. Um, and that's what Rec 2 is basically all about, the mythology of that. Um, yeah, so she's found... Um, she... Uh, is knocked out and wakes up in on a, a kind of like a, 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 a kind of like a big tanker where uh, she is being isolated along with a bunch of other people um, to hopefully make an antivirus for the virus. Um, but however, uh, wouldn't you know it, the virus gets on board through um, infected food and a monkey. Uh, and then it all Jeez. kicks off again, and um, Angela, uh, Angela is there, and you're thinking all the way through, well, you know, isn't she an evil one? What's going on here? And it kind of goes on from there. Um, yeah, so Rec 4 kind of abandons the idea that this is a religious um, virus. You mean the thing which that was, makes it interesting? Yeah, the thing that actually kind of makes the story interesting. Um and it's basically this wormy parasite thing which goes into people. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so um, at, at one point, it, it, you know, it's discovered that Angela may not have the virus or does she? Could somebody else have the virus or do they? Um, and it, it, it's just woefully generic. It's better than part three. Um, it's got more production value. Um, it certainly looks better. I think it is a bit pacier. Um, but it, it still, 
it's amazing to think that the same guys who did the first two did the last two. Um, I mean, it, like, stunning. Because they just seem to have forgotten absolutely everything that made the first two so good. And, I mean, literally, there, I mean, there is barely any mention about the religious aspect whatsoever. They've just gone, fuck it, we can't be arsed with that. Let's just have a wormy thing that goes into people's mouths. And have, they done, have either of them done anything in between? I, d I don't know. I don't care. They probably did some ABCs of death stuff, I'd imagine, or some bollocks. I don't know. Um, I, if you want to look that up, feel free. I just can't um, be asked, to Juan be honest. Juan Balaguerra, um, uh, who directed this uh, and Rec 2, he directed... Oh, he directed Sleep Tight. Oh, yeah. All right, fine. Um, which I also... Uh, was one of the more, uh, 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 actually, probably the most overrated film I saw at Fright Fest that particular yeah, year. Um, that, yeah. And hey, that's a film no one talks about anymore, surprisingly. No. Um, okay, uh, see the Babadook in a couple of years' time, I'd probably say. Um, yeah, um, so it, it just potters along, um, does what it does. There's some gore. There's a bit with a monkey where um, a, a chef is basically trying to boil the monkey's death, and it looks like something out of Peter Jackson, uh, with the production value uh, production value of the practical effects of Brain Dead 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, the rest of the film looks good, but that sequence is terrible. Um, and it's got an ending where, wouldn't you know it, there could easily be a fifth one. Right. You know, I, I, I thought the whole point of this was that it was going to be all tied off but no uh instead it's gonna go off in some other direction could uh could involve other species i will say um and yeah it, it, I, I don't know it just it it it, it, it just plods along and you're thinking all the way through this is the definition of a fucking one and a half two out of five from minute one to minute ninety um, and also, uh, how where it goes in the third act, it, it just uh, the, the person who's possessed, they completely forget about one character. Literally, I think they say, "Oh, I think she's gone to bed," and then that's or oh, she wasn't feeling very well, and then that's it for her. Unless I missed her, maybe she was a zombie. I don't know. I don't care. The first two are tight as a drum, really scary, really intense. This one, it just, it doesn't, it just goes for the most generic possible zombie horror that you've seen a million fucking times. That's the like, point, I, it, it looks incredibly generic. Yeah, and it just, it's boring. It's really boring, and it, I, 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 I don't know, I don't watch as much horror as I used to because of films like this. Yeah, that 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 is that that is a shame. I think the the horror market has become so oversaturated with shit that you that you don't want to um, risk watching stuff nowadays. Whereas anything, even like five years ago, if a horror film sort of came out, or came available, I'd be wanting to watch it. Now I'm at a point of like, I know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. it, 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 they're all the same now, and they're all shit. Yeah, I mean, th th this is it, you know, and it, it kind of, it kind of feels like when a horror film is good, people latch onto it, 
and then hype it so much that it then also becomes disappointing. I mean, I, I liked The Babadook. You said it was your worst film of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, 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 it, I think there is a level of people just... Yeah, because also because these things get screened at festivals or get press screenings months before they actually come out, they just they're in the ether for so long that by the time time they've come out, you just you're expecting amazing things like it follows. I've literally just opened a page for it follows because I was going to say you mean like it follows. Yeah, it, it, that had a press screening in the UK this week, and all I saw were tweets from people coming over it. Yeah. It's, it's like The Raid 2 last year. I know you like The Raid 2, but it just, you've got, I mean, like The Raid 2, there were people calling it the best action film ever made. Which just yeah, I mean, I, 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 and to be fair, it's barely, I've, I don't think I've seen it on any top ten lists. The best action film ever made, and it's not on, it, it just... It, it, I don't know, it's this hype cycle and um, yeah, I, I'm worried about It Follows because of that. Thankfully it's out in about a month and a half so we don't have that long to wait. Yeah, I think it's, it's out beginning of February I think, isn't it? At the end of February. It's the end of February now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the Friday, uh, Noel Stag, like literally the end of February it comes out. Um, so, yeah. Um, but the thing is, Recapopolis, no one's going to hype it because it's shit. <laughs> Uh, good. There we go. Okay, so, um, let's move on. Um, I don't think we'll bother having it. Actually, no, fuck it. I am going to stick a trailer in if I can find it, so hopefully we'll have a trailer here for Aguirre, <laughs> the Wrath of God. <laughs> Christmas Day of the year 1560, we crossed the last pass of the Andes. Below us, for the first time, we can see the jungle. In the morning, I read mass, and then we descended through the clouds. your father. If I, Aguirre, want the birds to drop dead from the trees, then the birds will drop dead from the trees. I'm the wrath of God. Aguirre, I know exactly what you intend to do to Ursua. Every last detail. God will punish you for it. Get out of my way! Get up there! Keep him! Keep him in front! Go on! Get away from that fool! Look for him! 
Ranch. Mit Klaus Kinski und Roy Gure. Um, anyway, uh, we are back. Uh, that was um, maybe something for Aguirre, the Wrath of God, uh, the first part of our Ian and Mark drag Werner Herzog up a mountain marathon. Uh, also written by Werner Herzog, stars Klaus Kinski, uh, Kinski Roy Gure, Helena Rojo, Del Negro, and uh, Peter Burling. Um, story is, um, it's a little bit after the Inca Empire, and you've got a Spanish expedition um, trying to um, find gold, basically. Um, Klaus Kinski plays Don Lupe de Aguirre, um, a kind of like like fourth or fifth kind, kind of in-command guy, yeah. um, who slowly but surely through the film... Um, because uh, becomes more of a uh, uh, more of a, a presence as uh, the uh, large expedition kind of uh, bands apart. Um, arguments are had, people die, and basically everybody goes mad on the Amazon River. Um, so, Aguirre, the Wrath of God. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, quick question first. You got the um, BFI uh, Blu-ray box set, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the German audio version or the English audio version? I watched the German audio. Right, because I watched the English audio version before this time, because I've watched the German audio version previously. Um, and, of course, with Aguirre, The Wrath of God, um, it was originally recorded in um, English and then redubbed over in um, German. Well, shit, I wish I fucking researched that before I watched uh, it. However, okay. ah, however, ah, ah. however, um, when they were syncing up the English language, when they went to um, actually sync up all the audio tracks um, to the movie, uh, to do the syncing there, um, the production company would pay paid them to put, pay, put, sorry, put more money into the German audio track than they would into the English audio track. So although it was recorded in English, the German audio track is of a higher quality than the English audio track. Bloody so it's a really strange one. Uh, and when the original syncing was done to put it on a film, um, the guys who did it left halfway through do- syncing up the English track and new ones came in who weren't quite as good so you can see where some of it doesn't quite marry up uh, oh, it's a really fucking strange one and also um, 
a lot of Kinski's uh, lines in the German audio one aren't Kinski because he kept asking for more money and eventually Herzog just sort of go fuck himself. Uh, which 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 Kinski probably did at that moment. So yeah, so it, uh, you uh. know even and this is uh, Herzog and Kinski's first collaboration. Uh, and, and even this one, I think, you know, this was the one where um, Herzog threatened to shoot um, Kinski uh, if he walked off set again. Threatened to shoot him and then shoot himself. I think Kinski shot uh, an extra's finger off. Um, during a drunken uh, night, nice. and, uh, um, just general, just all round batshittedness from Klaus Kinski. Uh, what I will say is, it, it, the BFI Blu-ray looks incredible. It looks really great. Yeah. It does, there's a couple of um, shots, uh, kind of darker shots, where it goes I big, think there's a great. noisy. Yeah, yeah. But um, aside from that, yeah, you're right, man. It looks great. Um, the, I, I, I love A Great in the Wrath of God for the fact yeah, that... Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, for the fact that, essentially, there is a story. There is a story in it, but this film has no interest in that story at all. But it's still going to try and take you on that story and on that trip. And the thing is, what you are watching isn't a bunch of actors going down a raft along uh, a, a river and then going right cut, and then getting off the raft, getting in speedboats, and going off and staying in trailers, or anything like that. They were living on those fucking rafts. You know, yeah. and there's a... There is that kind of guerrilla film-making uh, kind of thing going on with anything with Herzog, you know, and there's that documentary style, and, you know, you've got, you've got what would be deemed as shaky cam being done... 40 years ago but being done really well and showing that it's there and there's a there's a messiness to it all and it all seems a little bit crazy and every so often you'll see like a like a stagehand's um, arm will prop somebody up or something like that and but it, it never takes you out of it and then at the centre of it all you've got um, Klaus Kinski and that that kind of lilt he's got in his walk where it's supposed to look like he's got a hunched back um, that where he kind of walks to a side and sort of swings his right arm around and he's got that intense look where where after about five minutes I decide to try and count how many times he blinks in the movie and it's twice really? um, yeah <laughs> which is insane um, and then you've got these weird scenes of, of this um, this vagrant guy um, just playing bagpipes terribly <laughs> Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that guy was literally just a guy who um, Herzog found uh, hanging around the um, the production offices before they started uh, shooting. Uh, who would just play the bagpipes, and if they gave him some money, uh, he'd stop. <laughs> and that that was it. And then after so long, he'd start doing it again. And they worked out that he just didn't understand busking or begging because he was he was and this is just it is what Herzog said was that he's mentally retarded so they just brought him along just to play bagpipes <laughs> just play that just play a uh, pan flute so, I mean yeah. that 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 energy of kind of like just in the shit and let's let's just get on with this is is prevalent in the whole thing like yeah, the amount of like handheld camera work there is in this feels so ahead of its time yeah I know. I mean, it just like it feels like let's make a movie, but in the middle of the fucking Amazon, it's it's yeah. it's insane. Which which is essentially it, it is what Herzog decided to do. 
You know, mm. he'd made a couple of movies and a couple of documentaries, but then he decided that he wanted to make this. Um, and, you know, in, in true Herzog style, pitched it and said, oh, it's about uh, the diary that was found of this monk and everything like this. And they went, oh, that's, that's fascinating. And it was just lies. You know, yeah. the, 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 no diary existed. The monk did exist, but a hundred years later. <laughs> and it's just... It's that ridiculousness that Herzog brings to it, but it, it, it feels real, and there's there's so much energy to it, and just so much madness there. I mean, it's, it's got that whole nat- uh, like nat- nature not being passive, nature being aggressive, yeah. and not giving the human race any sympathy whatsoever, just going for the jugular thing as well. Um, and I mean, it's it, it, it's funny too. I mean, like the. There's that one guy who's shot, and then he says something like, "Oh, these long arrows seem to be rather fashionable these days," and then just dies. <laughs> I, it just—it's it, incredible. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Sorry, go on. On the English audio of that, do you know what he says? Cause that is, that, go on. In that, uh, in the English audio, he says, um, "This looks like it would hurt more," and then he dies. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know which one I like better because that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. he just like, looks and goes, "Well, this looks like it would hurt more," and then just falls into the <laughs> falls into the river. And all throughout this, you just got Kinski just sort of stood, like looking maniacally at stuff. And then you've got that great scene of him where he eventually sort of says, "You know, that I'm the only one who can be who can lead us now." And and then he says, "You know, I am the wrath of God," with the camera right up at him, and he's like. Mm. I don't know whether or not that's your character or whether or not you do think you're the actual wrath of God right now. <laughs> yeah, no, quite. I mean, it, like, it, 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 there are bits where he's so bug-eyed and intense that you kind of feel like he's just had some drugs of some sort and then Herzog's just decided to quietly shoot him, just staggering around. Well, the the, uh, the end scene... Um before, uh, you know, the, the, the end scene with all of the monkeys that just come out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That are on it. Uh, there. What Herzog did for that was he got Kinski to stand... Uh, I think this is what happened. I'm sure this is... I'm pretty sure this... I know this is what happened, but I'm pretty sure this is the way it happened. Got Kinski to stand on the raft, and the entire crew stood around the raft, sh- raft shouting at him for an hour and a half, just shouting at him. And then stopped. They let the monkeys go. And then Herzog filmed the scene after having people just shout at, um, <laughs> at Kinski for an hour and a half. And that's mm. why he looks so tired and just just dishevelled. And it's I love the ridiculousness of it all. And I love. I, I mean, the, the camera work on the river is great as well. Yeah. Just the kind of like the sweeping shots past the raft as it gets more and more fucked. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it just. There are people just dead yeah. on the raft. These monkeys all over the place, and then a fucking Aguirre just standing there. It's just fades to black. It's amazing. It's a great moment where, where he picks a monkey up and just kind of looks at it and then throws it to throws the ground. It off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. Also, as well, the only time that uh, Aguirre loses his shit is when he turns around and a horse is in his way. <laughs> Mm. And, he, and Klaus Kinski shouts at a horse so aggressively that the horse falls over. <laughs> it's just, it, 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 it's beautiful. 
It's absolutely stunning to look at. Uh-huh. It's it, fe- it, it just feels super modern as well. Yeah. It feels like it could have been made today. It yeah. genuinely does. Absolutely. It, 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 it's completely madcap. It's got some just ridiculously just bad performances in it because a lot of these people were, were, they were not professional actors. They were just people that Herzog knew or that he just found along the way. And then you've got, you know, you've got the guy who starts going la 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 la. And every time he starts doing that, he's about to kill somebody. It, yeah. It's magnificent. You've also got blood, which is just paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Klaus Kinski just just looking insane in the middle of it all. It just, it is incredible. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I'd go with that. I mean, it's it's one of the most striking films you'll basically ever see. I think it, it, it's. A weird mix of like travelogue disaster film and kind of weirdly pitch black comedy. Yeah. I mean, the the look on the the fat guy who becomes the the king's face whenever he's asked to do pretty much anything <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, but then he's got these delusions of grandeur. The scene where he's like he's sitting there and he's saying. My kingdom is already twice as large as Spain. Every the further down we fail, sail, the more of it there is. And then, and then, and then, pretty much within five minutes, he's dead. Is Aguirre kind of comes along and just kind of like after Aguirre has essentially um, kind of mind fucked him into being the emperor. Yeah. He's then like you say, he's doing all of that, and he's got his little notebook, and he sees what he's proud of himself. And then Aguirre just comes in and just shits all over it by saying, "Is any of your kingdom, um, <laughs> is any of your kingdom stable enough for us to to dock him?" Oh, and that's it, right. That's amazing. Goes, yeah, when they're trying to pick him up. And he just kind of like shuffles all the pages and closes the book as if to say, "Well, you didn't have to shit in my bubble, did you?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Just, no, I mean it's yeah, it's fantastic. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. It, it does have like that that amazing kind of comedy to it as well. Yeah, I, 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 I mean that's the thing. It's just it's really entertaining on a number of levels. Which when you look at it from from the outside, you kind of think, oh, this is going to be a bit of a ninety minute slog. It's gonna it's gonna be quite stayed and it looks rather serious and Aguirre Wrath of God is such yeah. a serious title and then you watch it and it, it, it just it's straight up entertaining and it flies by yeah it really does yeah it's um, yeah it, it's, it's it's just it's just magnificent it really is brilliant and and um, as soon as we watch the uh, the Herzog documentary um about the making of it because it it's it fascinating like the bits about the um uh, the, the monkeys um where essentially i think it's something to do with herzog didn't trust the monkey wranglers that, were, that they were renting the monkeys off so he pretended um to be uh the veterinarian and told them that they didn't have the correct papers uh, to ship these monkeys off because they'd sold them to somewhere else when they were supposed to be using them, uh, and then uh, got somebody else from the crew to go up and rent them for the day at a lower rate. That's pretty solid. <laughs> it's just, are you thinking this all sounds mad? And then you remember, oh yeah, it, 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 it it's Werner Herzog, so it's probably mm. true. <laughs> so, no, yeah, it's definitely yeah, not yeah, shit. yeah. Oh god, fuck it, definitely not shit, dearie me. Um, no, brilliant. Um, 
And I was thinking uh, the next one chronologically I'm kind of interested in would be Strozhek, if you fancy that. Uh, yeah, yes. Yes, Strozhek. Cool. Yeah, I can do that, yeah. Nice uh, one, cool. So uh, we'll be back with the marathon next week with uh, Strozhek. And uh, I think that is going to do it for this week. It is indeed going to do it for this week. Uh, no questions this week. I think it's because I, I, we got to it late asking for them. So Yeah, yeah, nice, fine. We'll let people off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what what other film will we be covering next week, Ian? Okay, so we are going to be doing a review of American Sniper, um, and yeah, American Sniper. That was it. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so American Sniper, uh, one old, one new. The uh, the usual kind of back to the huge. Hopefully, we can actually record the show in one sitting. That would <laughs> yeah. be nice. It would be. It, it, it should be possible. This one. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, cool. Um, I. I'm happy to leave it there. Um, anything else, Mark, or uh, uh, should we no, say goodbye to the final thoughts? We should say goodbye to the final thoughts. Uh, thanks very much. If anyone does want to leave us a nice iTunes review, it'd be, it'd be very much appreciated. Yeah, sure, I'll check it six months down the line. Yeah, so, uh, but thank you very much for listening, guys, uh, and we shall speak to you next week. Yeah, we'll do. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.